Um, I'm Pip. It's great to have you here this morning. Um, this morning, we are going to be talking about telling our stories. So stories are all around us. You know, every good or bad film that you watch, um, every book that we read, every news headline, every conversation. Uh, whenever anyone says, how was your day? Um, we tell of how it's been. We tell a story. We, we tell of how things were for us and for other people. So we tell stories without even realising. And I used to think that I didn't really have much of a story to tell. I come from a pretty normal family. Uh, nothing too wild or wacky or dramatic has happened to me. I grew up in the east end of London. Uh, my family were pastors of a church. And so we definitely saw and experienced some stuff uh, because we did life with people together. We had all sorts of people in and out of our house. Uh, but to me, that was just normal. And who would be interested in what I have to say in my story? But over the years, um, I've come to realise that we all have a story to tell. And that telling, our, oh, I feel really old now because I'm having to do this thing where I'm peering over the top of my glasses so I can see you guys properly, but also still see my notes. That's a proper like librarian thing, isn't it? Like, no offence to any librarians out there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but over the years, I've just come to realise that we've all got stories to tell. And our stories are powerful just because often they are so normal. You know, the things that I come up against, the places where I get stuck, my joys and my pain will be unique to me, and yet they are also shared experiences the world over. You know, we were made to connect, and people are interested in our shared humanity, in our stories. And something happens when we give something of ourselves to others by sharing a bit about us. The third thing is that I know Jesus and he is pretty remarkable and my life has never been the same and will never be the same because I follow him. He is fundamentally involved in my life and when Jesus is around, his is a story worth telling. And if you look at the Bible, you know, Jesus was a teller of stories, stories that revealed truths about life, stories that caused people to consider the condition of their hearts. Jesus is this master story maker and his stories are always about restoring broken things. And you know, this book, the Bible, is full of stories who people over thousands of years who have encountered and been transformed by God. You can find it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And if you don't know where to start, if you're new to kind of looking into this stuff, Grab a children's Bible, get a children's Bible from somewhere or grab a Bible from out there and just read some of the stories, mull them over, notice how people's encounters with God transform them in the moment and over time. Place yourselves in the stories, like immerse yourselves in them, you know, um, like you can almost feel the air around you or smell the smells of the time. God is with us and in us and all around us and these stories are here. So if telling our stories is important, then I just want to share a few thoughts this morning on why we do it and how we do it. Okay, so first of all, some of the whys. Telling our stories uh, creates opportunities, opportunities for connection, for transformation and revelation. Okay, big words, so let's just do it in plain English. Our stories connect with others. When we give something of ourselves, our vulnerability connects with other people. 
by offering something of ourselves, by saying how things are with us, what's going on, something resonates with someone else who may be feeling something similar, whether that be feeling a bit broken, a bit disappointed, stuck, thankful, hopeful, surprised, everything in between. And this is something that happens when we read the Psalms. Um, I love the Psalms. Like David just pours out his heart uh, and says what he feels. Uh, and it resonates with our stories, with our own experiences, with our own feelings. Something inside us goes, yes. Uh, so here's an example. Psalm 6, just a couple of verses. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. There are times when I have felt these words. These past two years, that has been a cry. How long? How long is this thing going to go on for? In the sharing of our stories, both the sharer and the listener connect. Both we and they get a glimpse that we're not alone. You know, in recent weeks, um, we might have heard about there's been the death of Desmond Tutu. Uh, he was this Anglican bishop in South Africa, and he was known for his work uh, and as anti-apartheid and human rights activist. And he played this instrumental role alongside Nelson Mandela in the process of dismantling the apartheid system. And part of what he did uh, in that process was set up something called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And its main purpose was to promote reconciliation and forgiveness among the perpetrators and the victims of apartheid. And the, the purpose behind it was to disclose the truth by giving people the space and time to tell their stories. And the commission took the testimony, the stories of about 21,000 people. So people had the chance to tell their story and know that it would be heard. And the stories told connected with the experiences of thousands of other people whose voices hadn't been heard. It was a staggeringly brave thing to do. It was painful for those who were engaging in it. But part of the process was to usher in healing and change and forgiveness. So people from both sides knew that they were not on their own. Telling stories is powerful. I don't know if any of you have seen, um, there's a program that I've started to watch that was on this week called Survivors. Um, and it's about the Holocaust Memorial Day and... Um, Prince Charles has kind of commissioned seven different artists to capture seven of the surviving Holocaust um, survivors and just to tell their story through their painting. Uh, I started watching it um, over the weekend and I, I would encourage you to do it, but it's the whole premise of that, of that program is that it's about keeping people's stories alive and about telling the story of the atrocities of what happened. So storytelling is a powerful, powerful thing. Our stories can be transformational. So the very telling of them can bring about change in us and also other people. So our stories tell of who we were, who we are, and who we want to be. And, you know, if we know Jesus, they tell about what God is doing in us. They tell of the hope that he gives us. Uh, in 1 Peter, Peter says this. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 
So he's saying, talk about the hope that you have in you because you know Jesus. The message translation of this says, tell people why you're living the way you are. The passion translation of the same verse says, tell about the hope living within you. As we tell our stories, they tell of our brokenness and our healing. They tell of the places where we are stuck and where we get unstuck. Uh, they tell of us following Jesus and of us becoming more and more the people that God always intended us to be. They tell of us growing into our God-intended design. They're all stories of transformation. Because as we follow Jesus, as we allow him to shape us, as we sit with those areas that he says, kind of puts his finger on and says, you know, let's look at this pit. As we cooperate with him and the Holy Spirit, we are changed. So maybe our stories are not headline-grabbing captions, uh, but telling our stories does have this opportunity of transforming both us and the people that we're talking to. And they're simple conversations that go like this. You know, this is me. This is what I'm struggling with. This is where I want to see breakthrough. This thing, this attitude, this pain that keeps on bugging me and rearing its head. This is what I want to be rid of. This is who I thought I was. And now I see it doesn't have to be that way all the time. This is what I hope to be like. This is how Jesus is changing me. Our stories are completely unique to us, but they will also resonate with other people as we share. And I just want to encourage us this morning because this has been a journey that I have had to go on and I'm still going on. That as well as sharing the easy surface stuff, I want to encourage us to step into sharing the deep stuff of who we are, the stuff that we often prefer to hide away. There's a word for that and it's shame. You know, we all have experiences as we grow up and throughout life that shape us that we make meanings from, and then about affect how we kind of show up in the world and, and function in relationships. And because our world is beautiful and yet broken, and because people are beautiful and yet broken, and because relationships are beautiful and yet broken, some of the decisions that we make in life, whether consciously or without even realizing it, mean we often function and get into patterns of functioning which are out of sync and less than our intended God-given design. And when we share this stuff with other people, there's this unfolding in us as we bring our shame out into the open. It opens the way for that shame to have less power over us, and it also opens the way for other people to share that hidden stuff as well. If you go right back to the beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve felt shame, and they covered themselves with fig leaves. And that's exactly what we do. We hide parts of ourselves away. And God says to us, why are you hiding? I found that when I'm vulnerable, it is hard, but pressing into that stuff and having those conversations, often it's met with this kind of tangible sense of grace and compassion in the room. It's like you're standing on holy ground because you feel this sense of being profoundly known, like something that was hidden, you're saying, yes, this is me. And it brings that opportunity for others too, for transformation. So, and as we share our stories, just one thing I want to say, you know, we're not asking people to fix us. We're just inviting people into our story. We're just saying, will you listen to me? And there's this point of connection. 
So our stories um, can be transformational, they bring connection, but they also reveal Jesus. If we follow him, then as we tell our story, his story is inextricably kind of intertwined with ours. And even if we don't know Jesus, if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus, your story runs alongside his, whether you know it or not. Um, we just might not be aware of it um, all the time. His story runs alongside ours. Um, it tells of his goodness and of his incredible, unfaltering faithfulness. It tells of the grace that he pours out on us that we don't deserve. It tells of his kindness and his forgiveness and of his deep companionship along the way. You know, we sang that morning, uh, song this morning about, you know, he's with us with the d- deepest lows, highest highs, that kind of thing. He's with us along the way. Uh, there's a really old, um, old hymn. Um, I'm not going to sing it to you. But the words go like this, tell me the old, old story. Tell me the old, old story. Tell me the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Uh, and this is what happens as we tell our stories because we inevitably tell of Jesus and his love because that's who he is. You know, there are loads of examples in the Bible of people encountering Jesus and their lives, their stories being totally changed. Some of them can't help but tell about the encounters that they've had. Um, you might recall the story of Zacchaeus. He was a kind of a bit of a money grabber, tax collector, kind of selfish, took money for himself and more than he should have done. And he meets Jesus and he has coffee with him and he has lunch with him. He hangs out with him for the afternoon. He's totally changed by that encounter. And his life looks very different afterwards. He's this over and above giver um, to people. Um, when Jesus meets the woman at the well, well um, she was full of hidden shame, you know, had a series of relationships that made her feel broken. And Jesus said to her, look, I know about these. I know you and I love you and I forgive you. And here's freedom if you want it. And she went back to her hometown and she couldn't be quiet about that acceptance that she received. Uh, this is what she says. You can find it in John chapter 4 and verse 28 to 30. She says, uh, he says, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town. So this is after her encounter with Jesus. And she said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Like Everything is out in the open. That is vulnerability. That is all my shame is out here. Jesus has seen it. He knows it and he loves me. Could this be the Messiah, like the saving one, she says. They came out of the town and they made their way towards him. She could not help but tell people, tell her story of her encounter with Jesus. So our encounters, our stories, they reveal Jesus to other people. And as we tell them, we tell her that kind of daily walking with Jesus, of us engaging with him as he does deep work within us, all the deep stuff of our hearts, Um, It brings transformation to us and to other people. And Jesus is revealed as we say, you know, this is what God's doing in me. This is what God's doing in me. So So we do this individually and as a gathered community of people, we do it collectively. We do it together. You tell your story. I tell mine. You know, Joe told that story this morning. Something powerful happens as we tell our stories in community together in this kind of family called church. There's this like growing, if you like, this magnifying of the truth 
and the wonder of the God that we love because you're saying that God is brilliant and you're saying that God is brilliant and I'm saying that God is brilliant and I'm saying God is doing in this me and it's tough but he's with me. Um, John Tyson, who's a pastor of a church in New York, um, says this about the church. So he kind of says, you know, I know the church has got its faults, church collectively, um, some of the stories around church are not always great, but he says this, the, the body of the church, the family of the church, we get to put the brilliance of Jesus on display. Despite all our brokenness, Jesus shines. That happens when we tell our stories. So they're the kind of whys of why we tell them. And then I just want to talk just really briefly about how we press into doing that. And I just want to talk about three things. First of all, that we be real. Secondly, that we be brave. And thirdly, that we be intentional. And in order to do all those three things, the first and the most important thing we need to do is just be with Jesus. Just sit with Jesus it's from that place that we can even begin to do the other three things. Without that, it's too hard. So just sit with Jesus, be with him, because when we're with him, that is the place where we're grounded. That is where we get to know who we are and we're reminded of who he is. We're talking about stories this morning and words create stories. And Jesus is known as the word the living word. He became the words of the greatest love story of all time. It talks in the Bible, it says this phrase of the word who became flesh and walked among us. It's he who speaks, his very word. He speaks and it comes into being. It's he who speaks and light pierces the darkness. It's he who speaks and creation bursts into life. It's he who speaks and silences the grave. It's he who speaks truth and love and hope and joy and peace deep into our hearts. Jesus, the word, the word after word after word, the author of our stories. Because what he speaks to us, his words to us are as real as it gets. His words to us are the deep soul truth of who we are the place where we come to know that we are deeply known, we are deeply loved and held. So being with him is the place where we step into his love story for us again and again. It's the place from which we can then be real, be brave and be intentional about telling our stories. But if you hear nothing else this morning, hear that. Be with Jesus. Sit with Jesus. That is where the deep stuff happens. So firstly, be real in the telling of our stories. Just a few things. We don't have to have it all together. There is power in sharing our stories in their broken pieces, in their unfinished, unrefined form. We don't need to wait until we've got everything sorted before we speak them out. We are never going to get everything sorted this side of heaven. Tell your story in broad brush strokes and in the detail. Tell it at times in big chunks. Tell it at times just small little micro bits. But tell of his overarching grace and his faithfulness over time. Tell of his attention to the number of hairs on your head. Like the detail. Tell of what it was, what it is and what is to come. 
Tell of the broken and the healed and the being healed. Tell of the ongoing work that God is doing in your heart. Tell of the process. Tell of the change. Tell of the good and the bad, the hopes and the disappointments. Tell of the this is who I was. This is who I am becoming. And this is who I want to become. Tell of being a work in progress. Make it current. Tell it how it is now, today, right here, this week. This is how God's changing me. This is how he's shaping me. This is how you're healing me. This is where it's hard. This is where I feel stuck. Tell it how it is. So as well as being real, let's be brave. Let's tell the truth. The triumphs and the tears and everything in between. The story of Jesus' faithful companionship. And I just want to say on this point, you know, let's be aware if we pick and choose different bits for different audiences, um, for different people. You know, I've had to work on this over the years. Um, I realise that sometimes I choose to leave bits out uh, in case I might cause offence for someone or in case it makes me feel uncomfortable. That's probably the biggest one. If I feel a bit uncomfortable, I might choose to just rein that in for a minute. Maybe that discomfort is because I still want to kind of maintain some sense of looking good for, for the other person. I, you know, I don't really want you to know this thing about me because this thing is pretty not nice. Uh, but actually, if we say those things out and we are brave, if we press into them, if we are brave enough to say, my heart is crusty in this area, will you help me with this? If you feel discomfort, then perhaps that's the, that's the bit that we need to share. Part of being brave is being vulnerable. Um, and yeah, there is this feeling like it it costs. Being brave feels like it costs. Uh, and I kind of think that perhaps if it doesn't feel like it costs, then maybe we're not being as vulnerable as we could be. Because being vulnerable feels awkward. You feel like you want to wriggle out of it. You feel like you want to gloss over it. Uh, you feel this sense of shame rising in you. That, that thing that is hidden, you want to keep it hidden. You don't actually want to say it out loud. But I just want to encourage us to do that. I mean, the other week I... I met with three of my friends and I just said, look, this is some of what God's doing in me. Uh, this is what he's been doing in me in the past. And there's this kind of thing going on at the moment where I think he's really talking to me about this stuff. And there's this stuff in me that I don't like. And this is what I tend to do. And I don't like it. And I want it to look different. I just want you to know that. And can you pray for me? Will you kind of, when I start to do stuff that is not healthy, will you actually say to me, Pip, are you doing that? Remember what we talked about? Notice the places where you feel resistance to sharing. Notice your emotions, because often both those things are alerting us to something. It's like God is kind of just highlighting something, just putting his finger on something and saying, maybe we should look at this. You might be sitting there thinking, I can't do that. I can't do that. I am an introvert. There's no way I can do that. I mean, I I am an introvert. I love people, but I also really love my own space. I'm really happy in my own company. Um, we have other members of our family who are 
totally different to me. And I love that about them. I'm just very different. Okay. Um, so I am an introvert, but and I tend to process things internally and quietly and over time. Uh, and whilst there are good things about the, this way of functioning, I've also had to really learn how to be vulnerable with other people and not just keep it to myself. I've had to choose to be intentional about doing it. And as we are vulnerable, it opens up this depth and trust and truth in others. So people, just to tell you a little bit about me, um, people will often say that I'm a really good listener. Um, and, I, and I think I am a quite, quite good at listening to people. But then what can happen is that I can sometimes hide behind that and choose not to reveal anything much about me. Um, so being vulnerable has been a journey for me. Um, I grew up quite adept at holding myself back in relationships, not all relationships and not all the time, but I was able to pick and choose who I'd open up to and kind of carefully select how much I would reveal. Um, would I really let them see the real me, what I really thought, what I really believed, what I really felt at that time? And that way of living, um, you know, I've come to see that that's come from some old kind of wounds and old patterns of behaviour that God has been drawing my attention to and, and healing me up. But what I've realised over years and more recently is that that holding back sometimes in relationships has sometimes really impacted on other people and particularly the people that I love the most. So that is part of my story. That is part of my, this is it. This is me. This is the bit that I don't like. One of the bits I don't like. <laughs> but the other is that I listen to God and I hear what he says about me. And as his voice is truer than anyone else, and as I lean into what he's saying to me, he is freeing me and he's helping me to make better choices so that I can step into being this person, I think, more fully in my relationships. So if you're not an introvert like me, you might be an extrovert and you might say, yeah, I've got no problem. Just get it all out there. I do that all the time. You know, I process everything externally. I'm always telling people about me. And, and I just want to ask a question. When you do that, how much of your crusty heart are you sharing? Just check a little bit. Oh, are you really doing that? Our challenge is to be vulnerable when we share and for it to cost. And that doesn't mean bearing everything of ourselves all the time with everybody. We choose wisely, but it does mean choosing to step into being truly vulnerable with people, to share the deep stuff, the stuff that is hidden. Okay, so be real, be brave, and finally be intentional. Because this is hard, we need to be intentional about it. So plan. That sounds really weird, doesn't it? Plan to do some deep kind of emotional telling your story stuff. Um, but if we don't plan, uh, we might just avoid doing it because it's hard. So it might be that you say, do you know what, this week I'm going to call this person. This week I'm just going to tell them what's going on for me. Uh, and if, you, you know, if that's really hard for you, it might be that you say to someone else, that I'm going to try and tell this person. And your friend says to you afterwards, did you manage it? Just checks in with you. D did you do it? How did it go? Paul encourages us in Philippians 2. You can find it in verse 12. And he says this, to continue to work out your salvation. And that word salvation there means wholeness, 
It's like there's a work to do to step into the wholeness that we have. There's this sense that we can choose to step into this process of telling our stories, of being transformed. It's like an active thing. God's grace to us is totally free in Jesus, but there is work on our part to walk in it and put it into practice, to grow up. And it can feel like hard work sometimes. So plan. Secondly, be ready. You know, I've mentioned this already. It talks about, uh, we, we've shared that verse already where it says, be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. So in your sharing, be ready to point people to Jesus. So this morning we've heard from Joe a story that speaks of God's goodness. You know, tell those stories. Tell the Holy Spirit stories. Tell the truth. Tell, tell when we prayed and the person wasn't healed in the way that we wanted. We prayed and they were healed in the way that we wanted. Tell it all. We just need to open our eyes and our ears to what God's doing. God is doing stuff all over the place. Just sometimes we're not very good at actually seeing it. And, so, you know, that's our prayer, that we would see more and more of what he's already doing and then just saying, God, can I join in with that? To look out for answered prayer. Check in with people when you've prayed for them. Let's be a people who kind of babble the goodness of God. And then practice. If we're going to be intentional, we need to practice. We need to practice sharing our story or parts of our story with friends, with family, with colleagues, with neighbours, with strangers, in our small groups, with people who love Jesus and people who don't. Do some of those categories feel a bit like, whoa, <laughs> like really? I could do that with my neighbour. I could do that with someone who's just standing behind me in the queue at Tesco's. It doesn't have to be the big, the whole story. It might just be a part. I used to be like this, to think like this, but I don't want to be like that anymore. This is what God's doing in me. I'm learning this now. What you share might take a few minutes. It might take an hour. It might take anything in between. But practice. Practice sharing the nitty-gritty. So, I, you know, I am pressing into more friendships where I share of my ugliest parts, the stuff that builds up. Um, last Saturday, we, we were having like a nice chilled out morning and um, Ross put some toast on in the toaster and then oh, bread in the toaster. Yeah, to make toast. Anyway, that was what was happening. I was sat at the table all of a sudden. Oh, my goodness, there's flames like in the bottom of the toaster, like proper on fire toaster. All of a sudden, our leisurely morning wasn't quite so leisurely. You know, like the, the, we opened the windows, opened the doors, turned the thing off at the socket, kind of put a damp kind of thing over the top to try and, you know, trying to remember all those kind of fire safety, don't put water on electric, all those kind of things were kind of popping in our heads. Anyway, we opened the windows and the doors and I cannot even begin to describe how much smoke was in our kitchen. Like it was pouring out the windows. It looked like the whole house was on fire. I literally phoned my neighbour and said, we're all right. I know it doesn't look like we're all right, but we are. It's billowing out of the window. And I just felt like God said to me, you know, what's caught fire there is all the crumbs at the bottom of the tray that we hadn't cleared out. Okay, I'm not very good at doing that. I'm quite good at 
see, lifting up the toaster and seeing the crumbs on the surface and thinking, oh, yeah, I need to wipe that. What I don't make that connection was if there's crumbs on the surface, that's because they've really built up in the tray. And actually, this is a little bit dangerous now. And that's what happened that morning. They caught on fire. But I felt like God said to me, this is a little bit of a picture of when we let our stuff, our debris build up. It can just ignite just like that. Out of nowhere, suddenly, it bursts into kind of flames. It's like this flashpoint. So bringing our stuff out into the open as we tell our stories gets rid of the debris. It just dampens it down. It gets it out of the way. You know, we've all got hidden places. We need to look regularly at the crumb tray, at all the broken bits, and not just carry on pretending like they're not there. They are there. <laughs> and telling our stories, getting our stuff out is part of that. And if we step into this process and practice it, it can be transformational. It's not navel-gazing introspection. It's like a missional thing. It's what people are desperate to hear. Your story resonates with my story. Your story of life with Jesus. Wow, maybe that Jesus might mean something to me. There's this hope. So I'm coming into land. Just take some time this week to think about your story. What is it? What does it look like? What are the headlines? Um, what's the overarching themes of your life so far? Are there any parts of your story where you feel like the pages are stuck? Where you just it feels a bit like Groundhog Day and you're just reliving the same things? Does it seem like any of the pages in the story are missing? Jesus always calls all of us into deep relationship with him. So I just want to encourage you to engage with his story for you. You know, maybe you're sat here this morning, you don't really know Jesus, and you're like, well, I'm right at the very beginning of this thing. I don't even know if I want to open the book of this story. Maybe you're a few chapters in. Maybe you're like a good few chapters in. You know, in the Old Testament and New Testament, right in the first chapter of the Old Testament and the first chapter of the New Testament, it says these words, in the beginning. It's the opening of this amazing story of God calling us to him. God constantly calling us, say, be with me, meet with me, know me. Anne Voskamp, um, she's like one of my favorite writers, she says this, his is a love story that's been coming from you from the beginning. That's God, this love story that we enter into. As we tell our stories, as we go through life, like the middle of our life, so we've had the beginning of the story, the middle bit, this is what the writer to Hebrews says. Um, chapter 12 and verse 2, they say, fix your eyes on Jesus. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's like Jesus, the author and perfecter of our stories. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the beginning. He is the person who runs through our stories with us in the middle, right the way through to the end. And in Philippians, um, Paul says this, this is the ending Philippians 1, verses 3 to 6. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, that is the start, 
will carry it on to completion. That is the end until the day of Christ Jesus. He will carry it on to completion. He is the writer of our stories. The message translation of that verse says this, there's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. I love those words. He's going to bring it to a flourishing finish. We're in the middle of the plot, but the end is a flourishing finish. We will never be abandoned. God is the author of our stories. He will complete each and every one of them. And for each of us, it will be a flourishing finish. He is with us to the very end. Revelation 22, verse 13 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That means the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So I'm going to leave it there and we're just going to pray. We're just going to see what God might want to do. Um, Yeah, let's see what he might want to do. You've been sat for a while. You happy to stand? Yeah, just to kind of, yeah, stand up a little bit. Let's just see what God might want to do. Yeah, Holy Spirit, come. God, I thank you that you are the author of our stories, like the beginning. You're with us. You're our companion right the way through until the very end. You know us. You have seen everything unfold in our lives, the good and the bad. And you are with us 